number eight, number eighty-two. Well, came at this parsha because he's talking about my sashani and everything. Oh, okay. Okay, that's all right. That's your Torah. Okay, good. All right, let's have a mind. Also, we're learning Rufu Shlema for Yudas Basara, Chaya Rachel. No. Rachel, I'm sorry. and Amy Basvora, and anyone else who needs a Rafua. And with that, Hadassah, right, Hadassah Basronia. And with that, let's get right to the review of yesterday's daf. So, what did we learn yesterday? So, um, we're up, we started off, if you want to follow along inside, at the Ihachi, I think. Uh, actually, no, no. So, the question is okay. So far, we we discussed the machlokas here between Rish Lakish and Rabbi Yochanan, and that's what got us, like you know, that that that, that and, and basically, in order to make sense for Rish Lakish, we have to say that those slices of meat that got mixed in um, must be that they that they sort of lost their form, and it was nimuach, and it was became therefore disintegrated, and therefore that's why it's able to become bottle. Okay, so if that's the case. Um, um, but if it had not happened, so then it would not become bottle because even a slice of meat, according to Rish Lakish, is considered something significant that is normally sold by count. And anything that's normally sold by count, according to Rish Lakish, even if it's not only sold by count, but normally is, uh, according to Rish Lakish, then it's bottle, um, it's, um, it doesn't allow for bittle. It can't be negated. So why should we contrast to a slice of chatas tohra that got mixed with a hundred slices of chulun tohra? Let's uh, and that would not be bottle. Why not talk about in the same case? It's only able to be bottled if it becomes disintegrated. But if it doesn't come disintegrated, then it doesn't come bottle. So uh, the Gemara explains you're right, but there's you know that we would rather teach you this contrast than when it's tohar with other tohar things. Since it's not that big a deal, after all, it could be eaten by Kohanim, because Kohanim can eat Cholim, that that's tar. They can eat the, the, the Kodshim, that's tar. So they'll just eat more. Uh, um, they'll have second helpings. I mean, I don't know. So that's why it's not a big deal. Ah, so the Gemara says, wait a second. According to Rish Lakish, what's the difference between the Rish and the Seifa? Um, um, we, so... So Rav Shisha Bered Ravidi explains that in the Reisha, we're talking about only a rabbinic Tumah. That's why we allowed for Bittal. And the Sev is talking about Daraisa Kachim. So therefore, it's not Tami. So um, so that's the difference between... Basically, we're contrasting between Darabana and Daraisa. But uh, let's say the Tumah that we're talking about is not Tumah's... Mashkin, which is rabbinic, it's Tumas Sheretz at Doraisa, then it wouldn't be bottle. So why do we contrast again to the case of the chaticha of a chatos that's tahora that got mixed with hundred chatichos that are tahor, that it's not bottle? Stick to the same topic and say this tuma that we're saying that it became tame that uh, was only a tuma derabanan, but if it was tuma deraisa, not you should stick to the same thing again. So he said, but you're right, but we're the goal that we'd rather teach. Is the contrast that Tahir is not bottle at all? Okay. So um, that's one take. Ra- Rabba says that the answer is this: ra- the the ratio, the first part, is talking about just an isra of a negative transgression, a negative prohibition. Tuma, it's only a love in the Torah, not that it's going that you can't eat tummy. 
but um, it's not as severe as opposed to the sefer to eat kachim if you're not a kohen. If you're not a kohen, that's isur That's very serious, um, and therefore that's why it's not. That's why we're more strict. So uh, Rabbo, um is not consistent, and that's why we have to we have a kash on this because he says that any time it's daraisa, we don't make a distinction. What level of daraisa is it? What's the level of severity? If it's daraisa, we take it very seriously, and we don't allow for bittul. We're not going to let it be negated. If it's uh, if it's just a lav or if it's kares, we don't make such distinction. So that's a kasha on this answer that he's saying. It doesn't. It's not consistent. Ravashi says a different answer. He says that you know what's going on in the sefer. The reason why is because it's the davrashish l'matirin, and that's why. Um, uh, and that's why it, it doesn't become battle. So the Davish Yesh Matirin is not battle even in a Tassel. So the Gemara says, what do you mean Yesh Matirin? There is no Matirin there. It's either Mutter or Asr. It's Mutter always for Kahanim. It always was Mutter for Kahanim. Or it's Asr for anybody who's not a Kohen. And it always is Asr. Okay, so it's, it's not a Yesh Matirin. Yesh Matirin means something that, that there's something that you could do to make it permitted. After time, like a, let's say tevel, tevel, you could separate the tithe, and then it's not, uh, then it loses its status. So there's a way to permit it. Here, there's no way to permit it. It's always permitted to Khan to eat the carbon, and always permitted to the Israelim, prohibited to the Israelim to, to eat it. So um, therefore, we reject Ravashi's answer. Okay, and that took us to um, uh, back to Rav Yochanan. So again, we have this. Dispute. It's multi. It's a multi-pronged dispute between Rabbi Yochanan and Rishlagish. One facet is uh, is regards to truma. Okay, basically, um, according to according to Rishlagish, truma nowadays is only rabbinic, and Rabbi Yochanan disagrees. He says truma nowadays is doraisa, it's Torah level obligated. So is that true? Okay, so that's what Gemara wants to prove. So, and here's why it seems that it shouldn't be, that it's, we're more lenient with truma. Why? Because it says that if you have two boxes, one's chulen and one's truma, and uh, there's two things in front of the box, so the, with the one's chulen and one's uh, truma, two little smaller containers, and one falls into one, and the other one falls into the other. Okay? Um, so we say they're both, everything's mutter. Because we assume that probably the truma fell into the truma, and the chulin fell into the chulin, everything's beautiful. Okay, it's like I called it yesterday, reverse Murphy's Law, right? Instead of whatever can go wrong, will go wrong. Whatever can go right, will go right. Okay, you think positive, why should we assume the worst? And that's the, that's the concept over here. So, um, comes along with Shlach, and says, oh, by the way, uh, this is only true if um, there's at least a rove of the chulin vis-a-vis the truma that's falling in. So it'll be able to be negating it. Just in case it didn't work out exactly the right way. But at least rabbinically, at least min Torah, rov is mevatal it anyway. So that's what, you got to at least have that. And Rabbi Yochanan says, no, you don't. <laughs> it works always. Now, if you're assuming that truma bizman is do raisa, why, can you, why would you have a right, according to Rabbi Yochanan, to be so lenient? So, um, I understand Rabban, Reish Lakish, the fact that he's Machmir, is like, okay, even if it's Isid Rabbanon, you still, that only works with Rov. But uh, according to Reish Lakish, it's, according to Rabbi it's a difficulty. So Gemara says, you're right. He's not saying, this is not me talking, this is the Rabbanon's opinion. I personally hold the Gravios, meaning the Rabbanon holds from nowadays is the Rabbanon, and that's why we could assume it's like a suffix the Rabbanon, the Kula, it's only rabbinic anyway. But I'm holding, not like the Rabbanon, I hold the Gravios, who teaches in Seder Olam, which we know we have a tradition that's its source from 
this Sefer of, of Seder Olam is written by Rabbi Yossi, and the Pasuk says, Asher Yerushta. So it mentions Yerusha inheriting the land twice here. Which teaches us that there was two periods where we inherited the land. The first time when Yeshua entered the land, that's, that was the first time we sanctified the land by inheriting it. And then, after the exile, we lost that. And then it was, happened a, a second time in the time of Ezra, and it was sanctified again. But two, not three. Meaning, once Ezra sanctified it, it remains. It's Kedusha, Shnia, Kitsha, Shaita, Bikitsha, Lazalaba. It remains fully sanctified. So that's how I hold, and that's why um, it, you, know, you can't ask Akasha. Okay. Um, so there's still the question is, even if it's rabbinic, let's say, say, let's say Rabbi Yochanan is saying, this is the rabbi's opinion. I have been not told that way, but in the rabbi's opinion, it should be bottled because um, you don't need Ralph. But that's not true. Even in rabbinic law, um, uh, Rabbi Yochanan is makbid on Ralph. How come? How so? Cases, interesting case, you have a mikvah, perfectly kosher mikvah with a 40, requisite 40 saw, just the minimum, minimum amount necessary, but you got it, okay? And then you take some, uh, uh, something like a fruit juice. So I gave an example yesterday of orange juice. So you're pouring in one saw of the 40 of orange juice, and then after you poured it in, you scooped it right back out, Okay? So, of course, obviously there's lacking the full amount of water at this juncture because we assume the arches got mixed into the rest of the mikvah. By the time you pulled it out, it lost, its, uh, uh, lost some water and also some arches came out to, you know, the second time around, but, but uh, much more diluted. Anyway, the point being is it's 100% kosher because once you poured in the arches, it became bottled to the mikvah and it's basically looked at a kosher mikvah of 41 and then you pull it out, um, whatever you pull out, and, that, and then it's... Kosher. Then it's uh, right, exactly. It's for, now, um, so Reb Yudah, um, uh, how far? Can, how many times can you keep going? That's really the question. Um, so Reb Yudah Barshila said, "Name of Asi, the name of Reb Yochanan, that you can only go till Rov, which means that you need to maintain at least majority, um, uh, a majority of water." And this is right. And this is, um, uh, and that's, and that's the question. Um, why would that be required? So the Gemara says, no, first of all, it doesn't mean that you need majority of water. It means you can't have majority of the fruit juice, of this other, of whatever I'm pouring in. Um, anyway, that's one answer. Second answer is, is that you're right. That's only, that's where all you have is the rope. As opposed to over here, you have an, a secondary factor, which is still the doubt. You don't know for a fact that the truma fell into the chulin. It's only Maybe it did, maybe it didn't. Right, there's still a a whole side that it's very possible there's nothing to worry about altogether. So that's the reason why it's more mitigating. Okay. Took us to our topic, which is uh, the uh, androgynous person. Okay, so we mentioned the mission that an androgynous person can marry as a man. Basically, he can marry a woman. And um, that seems to not if it's a if it's a why why would Rishlakish and Rishlakish really why would Rishlakish allow allow that because uh, he says he, he says that an androgynous person is not fully androgynous he can only feed that's how it started this whole discussion he says he can feed his wife Truma because that's only rabbinic but he cannot feed her Chazavashok which is Doraisa that's the idea okay when it's Torah level. That's how this discussion got in. How is it that he's allowed to marry? It should be 
at least a suffix. So obviously you're, you're worried about that possibility that he's not a man. So the answer is, if he marries, it's a marriage. Uh, but it doesn't say it that way. It says, no, see, no, see, it sounds like lichatchila. So the Gemara, like, you, you could do that from the outset. So the Gemara says, what do you mean? When it says, avalod nisa, there means, what, he can't marry lichatchila, but he could marry midyavet. Obviously, there means even midyavet. So when it said no, see, it means uh, even midyavet, only midyavet. So the Gemara says, that's different. No, see, implies that lichatchila, you're allowed to marry. Lo nisa means you're not allowed to get married, neither lichatchila nor midyavet. You can't marry, period. Okay. So, can be married. An androgynous person can be married by a man. Okay. So, Gemara says, says in this uh, Seifa, Rebbe Eliezer says, an androgynous person is chayiv skila, if somebody has relations with him, if he has relations with a man, like a, um, no different than another, you know, uh, the, than any man, which implies that the Tanakama is in doubt. So, the Gemara says, no, nobody's in doubt. The only machlok is here, and this is um, a little graphic, but the only machlokas here is, um, will there be a death penalty um, by, a, by an androgynous person in both orifices? Because as we know, he has the body parts of a woman as well. So when we say that a man has relations with him, is it only as with another man? Couldn't have relations with another man? Or even not? And that's the discussion. And that's the machlokas here between these two tanoim. Um, one opinion is it's both 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 places can would be would be chayv skila, and the other opinion is no, it's treated like a zacher, and that is uh, where we left off, and we'll stop. Yeah, we have opportunity to 